the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour here on this Thursday, November the 16th. It is a special day for me because it's the day before my daughter's second birthday. So I remember where we were and what we were doing and getting all excited and getting all ready. And now she's two. Ariana, how old are you? Two. Um, there's so much going on today. Yeah, exactly. Oh, believe me, you don't know what that's, that feeling is. In my, well, you do know, Sim, but you know. I definitely you, know. That, there's nothing like a little girl with her daddy. Of course, it's different with Joan because her daddy's like looking and, you know. You drive him crazy too? I drive my dad crazy all the time. Of course I do. At least Joan. I'm still his little girl though. She will always be your little girl. At least Joan is consistent. (laughs) So there's (laughs) so much going on. Um, First and foremost, we're going to talk about that assault on the cops yesterday. We're going to have Chief Kemper on in just a couple of minutes. And he is red hot. I did a pre-interview with him and he's red hot as he should be. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, You know, uh, on the Idala Power Hour here, we've had Mike Sapriconi on often, and we had Tom Swazi on often, and I believe they will now be going head to head in a probably a oh, I don't know if it's going to be a special election at this point or just a regular election, but George Santos, uh, the House Ethics Committee, uh, it was announced earlier today, found quote substantial evidence that Congressman Santos violated federal law and uh, they're probably going to try to either expel him again, but it did give him um, the impetus to say uh, he would not seek re-election. <laughs> Excuse me. The House investigators found widespread evidence that Congressman Santos used campaign funds for personal purposes defrauded donors and filed false or incomplete campaign finance and financial disclosure reports. Um, they wrote a 56-page report telling you all this. Look, me head. Thank you very much. Um, although, Meathead would never do anything like that. He's a very honorable guy, Meathead. Um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, does anybody not know who Meathead is? Yeah, I guess people <laughs> who listen to the show are in their 30s. That was Mike Stivick. Um, played by Rob Reiner in uh, the one of the greatest, greatest, greatest television shows of all time, All in the Family. Um, look, it's interesting because just to be very clear, 
what they're talking about with the Eric Adams campaign is very, very different, very different than what we're talking about with the Santa George Santos campaign. With George Santos, they're talking about specifically him being a thief and stealing people's money. With, um, I mean, that's when you come right down to it, that's what it is. Uh, and he's already indicted. With Eric Adams, it has to do with uh, others uh, maybe manipulating the system, especially foreign agents, and making donations that were um, able to uh, achieve matching funds, which are tremendous matching funds, and uh, it, nothing about you know, the misappropriation of monies or, or th- anything along those lines. Um, Eric Adams is actually in the news. So, so basically... There will be there'll no longer be a Congressman Santos in short order. Um, and it looks like I don't know if there's going to be primaries or if it's going to be if he's expelled and there's a special election. If he's able to serve out his term and just not run again, then it's just like a regular type of an election I, in a special election. I, they're, I'm pretty sure there are no primaries. It's just people are just running in a uh, if. He serves out the rest of his term, and there's a regular election, then there would be a primary for the Democratic seat and the Republican seat. And I believe there are several candidates um, who want to run as Democrats. Tom Suozzi is one of them, and you'd have to say he's the favorite only because of the, well, not only because, but of the name recognition he had. Tom Suozzi was the Nassau County executive and was the congressman for that seat when he gave it up to run for governor, and then <clears throat> Santos won the seat. But um, Mike Sapriconi is the uh, is one of the people who wants to run as a Republican, and um, <clears throat> I believe the whole island from Valley Stream where it begins to Montauk and Orient Point where it ends is all Republican. The, the DA is a Republican. The county executives are Republican. All of the Congress people are Republican. It is red, red, red. <clears throat> um, so, Mr. Swazi may not have the easiest time, or whoever the Democrat is, to fill that seat. Um, so that's in that part of the world. Eric Adams today, the mayor, slashed budgets for the police, libraries, and schools. Um, why did he have to make all of these reductions? Well, there's probably several reasons. Of course. They're talking about blaming it primarily on the migrant crisis. But um, if we're not going to put our heads in the sand, the fact that I think they said 10 billionaires have left New York in the last 24 months, that's that's a got a lot. Of, that's a lot of tax revenue when tax when 10 billionaires uh, have left the city of New York um, over a relatively short period of time. I think it's 10. I could be off on that. I'm going to have Mr. Staten Island over there fact-checking me, as he always does. Um, one of the big, and we're going to be talking to Chief Kemper momentarily, one of the big um, budget f- cuts is he, they're freezing police hiring. And with um, just natural attrition, guys aging out, guys retiring, that means that uh, the police department will fall below 30,000 officers. I think it's been quite some time. Um since they've been below 30,000 officers. The part of education, which has an enormous budget, will be slashed um, by a billion dollars over two years. Um, They're also delaying the rollout of composting in the Bronx and Staten Island, 
which was one of the mayor's signature initiatives to address rats and climate change. Um, I think they're um, also talking about closing the libraries on Sunday and scaling back some summer school programs and some universal pre-K programs. Look, this is not good news. I mean, there's no way to spin it. Um, I think what the mayor's statement was, no city should be left to handle a national humanitarian crisis largely on its own and without the significant and timely support we need from Washington, D.C. Today's budget will be only the beginning. That's what the mayor said. You know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there saying, that the mayor and his campaign is being investigated to the degree of which it is because the mayor has spoke out so strongly uh, against Washington regarding the um, uh, regarding the migrant crisis and the lack of help from uh, from Washington. So we spoke yesterday about this police officer. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about after Chief Kemper is an appeals court has temporarily lifted the gag order against President Trump. That's a big deal. Um, and Sean Diddy Combs um, has been accused of, not criminally, civilly, of rape, physical abuse um, by a singer by the name of Casey. So that's another big thing in the news. But for me, these two punks who assaulted a police officer, actually three, two have been apprehended, one hasn't, um, you know, and it's on video. It's obvious that they did it. They're obviously not good people, and they're obviously people who do not take um, law enforcement and and orders by law enforcement serious. And what's an order by law enforcement? Well, I need you to come back to court on this specific day. The prosecutor asked for bail, ten thousand dollars cash, or thirty thousand dollars bond, and. The judge released them on their own recognizance. So they're on the platform, smoking cigarettes. The cops say, please put it out. And instead of putting it out, they punch him. I mean, and, and it's a fight, and it's on video, and you can look at it. And I'm all I was saying yesterday was, you know, when they catch these guys and they go in, fr- in front of a judge, they better be pretty serious about, uh, you know, how they treat them. And they, they, they weren't serious at all. They ROR'd him. Um, Chief Kemper is losing his mind over it, as he should, because if we set the tone, they are. What is ROR? Oh, released on your own recognizance. It means it means that um, you you know, released on your own recognizance means that you don't have to put any bail. Sorry, not whatsoever. everyone in our audience will know what that means, so we want to be clear. Um, so the chief is going to go crazy about that. Um, why the judge doesn't didn't impose some form of bail on them? He has the reason. He said, "Listen, if you can't." or buy by a police officer telling you to put out a cigarette, how do I know you're going to buy by my ruling to come back to court to face these charges? Therefore, I'm putting bail on you. And, and if you wanted to like lower it in less than $10,000, he's got the ability to do that. But it's absolutely ridiculous. The Bronx DA uh, did ask for the bail, so she did. The Darcel Clark did do the right thing. It's interesting. The, the Post, the New York Post, has a whole editorial beating up uh, on basically Alvin Bragg, who's got nothing to do with this. Um, and, you know, this is a, but they're saying, you know, DAs like him. The judge that did not post bail is Judge Eugene Bowen, B O W E N, released them without bail, uh, despite a request of either 10000 cash or $30,000 bond. So stay tuned. You're going to hear from a pretty heated uh, Chief Kemper. 
And we should all be heated because if, if the cops lose the ability to police the streets and the subways, we're all in trouble. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm glad you came. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I know it's hard to believe, but the holidays are here. Why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or are looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and on to sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit newyorkcruises.com. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin is a product that consists of antibodies obtained from several thousand blood donors. Immunoglobulins are proteins produced by our immune system as a reaction to foreign substances such as bacteria and viruses. They help identify and destroy infectious agents. Approximately 40 years ago, doctors started to use immunoglobulin to help our immune response to certain infections, as well as to tune down the immune system when it became overactive. It also reduces inflammation triggered by an immune response. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. 
not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Well, even in these uh, serious times, we got uh, a lot of serious stuff to discuss. You hear little Beastie Boys. You know it's Thursday, and you know um, we probably have the most in-demand member of the NYPD on the show. You just heard me go crazy about the fact that the Bronx judge did not uh, set bail on those two guys who I went crazy on yesterday, who when a police officer asked them to, you know, put out their cigarettes, they assaulted the police officer, which is just so out of the realm of the way I was grown up and the way, the way I was raised. But let's hear it from the chief of the New York City Police Department's Transit Bureau, Chief Kemper. I know you're upset, Chief, so the microphone's all yours. I'll shut up and let you take it away. Yeah, well, get ready. So first off, good afternoon, and uh, thank you for the Beastie Boy intro. Uh, license to Ill album next time, please. All so, right. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in the book. I go, we won't have you next week because it's Thanksgiving, but the week after that. All right. All right. So look, Arthur, I'm sure when you were younger, certainly I'll speak for myself when I was younger, I had a deterrent. You know who that deterrent was? My father. Yeah, me. And, and with me, it was a, my father with a leather belt. Yeah. And you know what? And, and to a large degree, my mother also. So uh, don't uh, mistake her uh, kindness. Nah, for my, my, my mother was a little bark, no bite. My father, on the no, other hand, mother- was a little different. Uh, my mother would pinch. Forget about it. Um, <laughs> and I knew if I acted out, right, I would be met with strong, swift consequences. And I recognized that and I respected it. And I shied away from doing uh, anything wrong. And, you know, people need, uh, th- there needs to be a, a deterrent. So I'd love to talk about uh, a couple of recent, uh, you know, uh, disturbing events that occurred where cops were assaulted this week in the transit system. And let me say this, both incidents are completely unacceptable and it really should concern everyone listening. They both occur in the Bronx, both of them were captured on video, indisputable on video. They appeared all over the news. I'm sure most of your listeners, if not all of them have seen them. They've been all over the news, social media. Uh, and I'll go right to it. The first incident, incident occurred Saturday night in the Bronx. 231st uh, Street Station, we have a transit lieutenant on duty in uniform reporting uh, or really responding to a 911 call of a disorderly group fighting and armed with knives on board a train. Imagine just responding to that job. Who, who, just think about it. How many people are like racing to get to a scene of people fighting with knives on a train, right? But this is what our cops do, and this is what the public expects them to do. So the lieutenant arrives. After he arrives, he uh, uh, comes upon a group of four individuals. He orders them off the train, and what do they do? They refuse, and they start giving them lip. So he orders them off again. They refuse. They give them lip. Uh, and then uh, then they start assault, like viciously assaulting him, punching him multiple times, hitting him in his face, his head, his body. And then what do they do? They run off, and they run onto the train tracks, with the lieutenant and other officers in pursuit, right? Uh, 
they're you know eventually uh, they're apprehended, they're arrested, and they were charged with assaulting the lieutenant. But Arthur, I got to say, the lieutenant's injuries were uh, pretty severe, which included eight stitches to his face. Yeah, over I saw the pictures. The, the pictures out there were horrific. It's terrible, and uh, you know immediately after that, uh, you know we become notified. We consult with the Bronx DA's office, make them aware of the arrest, and look to the Bronx DA's office credit, um, they asked for bail, and bail was set by the judge, uh, and both individuals arrested um, are currently in Rikers, where they belong. So that's a good start to this case, a good start to the judicial process. And Arthur, I need to say this. Uh, we will be closely monitoring this case to see how it is ultimately disposed of, hopefully with serious consequences. But this second incident I want to yeah, touch on. Well, wait, before, you, before you move on, Chief Kemper, there yeah. has to be serious consequences. And look, I'm I'm a criminal defense attorney, right? But first and foremost, I'm a New Yorker. I was on the subway a couple of hours ago. I was on the subway all day yesterday I, I from my house to the downtown Brooklyn courthouse, and then to the downtown Manhattan courthouse, then to my uptown office, to my midtown office, then back downtown. So I was on the R, the D, the 4. You know, I, I, I want the message to be sent loud and clear. To every person in this city, every single person from second graders to 92 year olds that you assault a cop the way these guys and they're caught on video doing it. You know, you're going to go to jail for a long time and, and I, it's, it's not going to be a very pleasant experience. I can't agree with you more. And, and wait until you hear this one. And I, I heard you were just talking about it. So this is another one, another uh, nasty assault. This one occurs a couple of nights ago, Monday, at the Freeman Street Station. Two cops are assigned to the station when they observe a group of three people uh, smoking inside the station. No good. Uh, they asked them to put the cigarettes out, and they refused. Imagine. Imagine. Uh, that alone says a lot, Arthur. But after tell, tell me about it. After refusing and continuously smoking, uh, the, the officers rightfully told them they were being ejected from the system. And it was at this time that this group, what did they start doing? They began assaulting, punching one of the cops repeatedly to his face, his body. Again, unacceptable behavior. Two of the three were arrested on scene and charged with the assault on the cop. Again, to the Bronx DA's office credit, at arraignment, they asked for bail to be set. And this time, the judge declined to set bail and released both of them on their own recognizance. Simply put for your listeners, just release them. No, no, no consequences. I'm sorry, Arthur. What? This incident was uh, caught on video. It's indisputable what happened. They literally attacked and assaulted a cop, injuring him. Uh, you, you know, I, I wish I should be treated as a minimum, as threats to society, and treated accordingly. Arthur, let me ask you a question. And um, this is a rhetorical question. You think of those two guys at arraignment assaulted the judge and punched the judge in his face five times, you think that they would be a remand or bail set or harsher consequences? Of course they would be, Arthur. Well, and like, let, let, let me light the fire a little higher. Can you tell the, the listeners what were the races of everyone involved here? I, I, you know what? I, 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 uh, I mean, look, it's on video. To me, the video looks like the, the guys who were arrested were black guys and the cop is a white guy. Is that accurate? It, to, to me, it looks that way, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, uh, let, let's let pull punches here, Jim. You can no, keep your mouth shut because I don't want you no, to get no, in trouble. <laughs> my but, mouth shut. You, you, you took me off because I'm, 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 I'm trying to say then if there's going to be consequences, there needs to be consequences 
then why not when assaulting cops? What message is this sending when people are assaulting our cops, injuring our cops, and there's no consequences? There needs to be consequences, and the consequences, if they're strong, will be a deterrent and probably prevent these assaults from occurring, or, or most of them, or some of them. Judge Kemp, uh, Judge Kemper, judge listen Kemper. to that. Well, judge Kemper, judge, you should be a judge. Elevate a little bit. Chief Kemper, this is Joni. I have to jump in. I don't care what these people look like. They assault a cop, they should be arrested, and they should stay in jail. I agree. I agree. It doesn't matter what I don't need like. to know what color they are, what race they are. I don't okay, care. Okay, let's let's be honest because we always try to be honest on this show. If this was if this what the, the races were reversed, I, I have a bit I have a feeling the, the consequences may have been a little bit different. That that that's what, what would you, what do you I think the consequences like, would have been? There would have been there would have been bail set, there would have been something going on. I just uh, uh, you know, maybe look I'm in that courthouse. I'm in these courthouses every day. To say race does not play a role on both sides of the aisle is just is naive, and it has for years. And for years, it was very prejudicial against black people, and and now the pendulum has swung very far the other way. And I I can talk about it for, with real cases um, that I have. But I, Chief Kemper, what you're saying about you know also, I, I got to say I'm looking at it. You know, the lens when I'm looking at our cops, blue. You know, I hear you. you're right. I'm just looking at blue, and nobody, no matter how old, where they come from, what they look like, nobody should be assaulting our cops. Period. Uh, End of story. And you know what? We deserve better as a police department. We deserve better as cops. And, and truth be told, all New Yorkers deserve better, and we can do better. And uh, Look, I, here's what I'm, I, I'm going to say about this: the judge who made this ruling is that you know, just so people understand, when someone gets arrested and they, they're going through the system, there's a someone who's supposed to be neutral uh, who puts together a sheet, a worksheet, and it's got a mathematical equation, like does the person live in the community and does he have someone, did, were they able to contact someone on their behalf? They, they do a num numerical analysis of whether they're likely to come back to court. And then there's a recommendation given to the judge on cases where they are bail-eligible cases. And these are, to be clear, bail-eligible cases. So that document that the judge got, based on this written worksheet, um, said that they should be released on their own recognizance and be able to come back to court on their own. And that's, in fact, what a spokesperson from the uh, Office of Court Administration supporting the judge's decision said, look, they, neither one of them had a record before. And CJ, the, the criminal justice uh, sheet, recommended them for release, and therefore the uh, the judge, you know, had all every right to do that. But also, ju maybe, ju judges defy those orders all the time. Well, maybe they didn't have a record where. Yeah. But that's <laughs> but that's okay. I'll say. All right, you, I think we're a little smarter than that. You don't wake up one day and start uh, fighting cops and beating cops up and assaulting cops. You don't. It, it doesn't just happen. Trust me when I tell you. Trust me when I tell you. Now, the, these uh, police officers are in much better shape than the lieutenant, correct? Physically, I mean. Let me tell you something. That lieutenant's 53 years old. I thought he handled himself extremely well. You know, I watched the entire body cam footage from uh, his initial response to the end. Listen. You know, some people are better fighters than others. Cops don't go to work, uh, you know, thinking or expecting uh, to be assaulted. 
he walked onto a train and he was, you know, he was he was attacked. He held his own. And let me tell you something. Even after being seriously injured, Arthur, his face was cut bad, bruised bad. He still chased him uh, and, and uh, was part of the apprehension. I give him a lot of credit. I thought he did his job extremely well. I just feel bad that he even had to be put in that position. Does someone like that get a little commendation or something from the commissioner eventually? <laughs> Listen, I spoke to the police commissioner a couple of times about uh, uh, about no, the should. incident. I mean, I mean, he, he yeah. should. I mean, that's going above and beyond the, the call of duty. Yeah, obviously, the police commissioner was very concerned. Obviously, the police commissioner. Uh, um, is not happy with what happened, but you know I can't speak for him. I'm just going to speak for myself right now. Uh, again, we're asking our cops. Actually, our riders are asking, demanding for help in the subway system. Again, this is a huge topic of concern for many people. Acts of lawlessness, uh, lawlessness in the uh, subway system. Our cops are taking police action. They should not be assaulted. And if someone does assault them, well, there needs to be immediate swift consequences beginning with the arrest through the arraignment and through the entire process uh to the disposition so Here you get the story <laughs> Chief, Chief Kemper, you could take the the fifth. Uh, actually, I'm advising you as your friend slash attorney to take the fifth. But when I when, but when I was a kid, if anyone had lost their mind enough to lay a hand on a police officer in Come public, on. in public, those handcuffs would go on, and then they'd be brought in that precinct. And trust me, uh, they'd be pretty sore the next day when they were going to see that judge, uh, because you know it just it just was not tolerated. You just didn't you just didn't do that, on, and you and you're going to get you're, you're going to get your ass kicked. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, when that happened. On advice of my attorney, uh, I am not answering. Take the that fifth. Response. I told you. I told you to take. And you know the restraint also that. In these two incidents, I mean, that lieutenant is getting his face cut up. He didn't pull out his gun and start firing away, uh, you know, which, which, uh, you know, there would be a, a, an argument that he, he had every right to. Um, but, I mean, and the, the compliment has to be given that they maintained their composure. I'm a cop. I have a deadly weapon on my, on my waist, and I got two guys beating me up for, for uh, you know, talking about not smoking cigarettes. I don't know if if a cop pulled out a, pulled out his weapon at the, and told him to get on their knees. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But they don't even they didn't even think about pulling out his weapon. So they yeah, uh, they should be credited for that as well. And, and you got to ask yourself why are these people uh, doing this? Why are they challenging? Why are they not just straight up forget about not compliant? Now n now it's to the point where some of them are beyond uh, being non-compliant, and now they're striking and assaulting. Just think about that. How did you know? How did we get here, right? And again, a lot of it has to do with lack of consequences, lack of concern, poor upbringing, uh, lack of support. You know, support that's truly needed across the board. Um, and at the end of the day, Arthur, truth be told, and to be quite frank, there are just some evil, wicked people out there. And uh, I say this all the time. I said it on your show a few times. Uh, some people need to be jailed. <laughs> you know, not everyone. But sorry, it's true. Uh, you know, some just do. There needs to be consequences. And with the right consequences, right, the right consequences, you could avoid so much stuff in the future. You could really, really uh, deter people from even thinking about uh, assaulting a cop again in the future.
Um, let me just, I, I, you I know, I always, I always like to end on a, on a high note here. Um, tell me some good things that are going on in the subway throughout the city. Cause I know that there are some, I know I saw some statistics the other day that things are, are looking much better. Listen, there's so much. I want to talk about our cops. I mean, my God, yesterday afternoon, it, it, what a roller coaster ride or a train ride, uh, you know, uh, uh, the life I live with highs and lows, with ebbs and flows, and a, you know, really discouraging day. The day started terrible with an incident in Manhattan, you know, really discouraged. And then in the afternoon, um, cops in Manhattan, you know, really joined forces and, and they arrested a group of young kids. Um, you know, young kids for multiple robberies uh, and grand larcenies. And, and also the way that they coordinated and the way they communicated and how they apprehended them, my God, it, it was, I was watching this live, like through our, uh, uh, you know, I was just watching it live. I'll leave it at that. Um, and I was so excited and I was so proud um, to be a member of the Transit Bureau and a member of the NYPD. Really, I, I actually spoke to them today and I said, you guys, you know, if that doesn't excite you, man, it's time to leave. But amazing work our cops do every day, and they work very, very hard, uh, all in the name of public safety. And, again, we ask them to do a challenging, challenging, super complex, very, very difficult job. The least we could do is support them, and the least we could do is protect them. And that goes way outside the NYPD, certainly internally, uh, but externally with support uh, if a crime is committed on a, on a cop. Again, we deserve better, our cops deserve better, and the public definitely deserves better. Oh, well, I couldn't agree with you more. Joan, what are you, what are you telling me? I'm writing things to him, and he's what? getting mad what? at me, what? Chief Kemper. we got to do something about this. What? I'm telling uh, him the Police Athletic we, League, New York, is helps yes. these kids when they're right in their neighborhoods fresh and I, we support them this week we we're going again tomorrow to another police athletic league luncheon john katsimatidis is is the man who basically helps make this organization happen david schwartz from our organization we have a whole table tomorrow because we support it and i know you so, do too absolutely so to that i will not be at tomorrow's event but i've been going to those uh, pal events for years uh john katsimatidis um uh, is uh, a, a good, good man um, who uh, certainly uh, uh, supports the PAL, um, his whole team, his fam- uh, his wife, Margot. It's a great event, great people, and certainly for a great cause. Absolutely agree. All right, Chief Kemper. Well, I'm sorry you guys, you know, did, did not fare that well uh, this week. It was a disgrace to, in, in, in my opinion, to all New Yorkers who, you know, we, we, we really need to speak out. And, and this judge, this judge is... You know, feet should be held to the fire to some degree. You know what? If the judge wanted to do something, say, okay, I'm going to, they're answering bail at 10,000. I'm setting bail at 5,000. But to say ROR in a case like this is not appropriate. If a cop acts improper or inappropriate or unlawful, trust me when I tell you there are swift, immediately, uh, immediate, strong consequences. That's got to be carried over to the people assaulting our cops. All right. Chief Kemper, next Thursday will be Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend, and to your lovely wife, by the way. And uh, we'll catch you. Uh, I will you. catch you on November thirtieth. We'll see you later, buddy. Arthur, enjoy Joan, enjoy Matt, enjoy happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thanks, Chief. All right, folks, we will be back, and um, I'm going to talk about the Donald Trump gag order being lifted today by an appeals court. Don't go away.
Tonight at 7, Legal Night fires up right on time, just in time for you to have the biggest legal stories of the day brought to you with expertise from legal all-star Imran Ansari and yours truly, Kevin McCullough. That's tonight at 7. Want more AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 fan club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. When you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamondback ReadyMix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family-owned concrete supplier, proudly located on Staten Island, providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback ReadyMix Quality is Our Strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring, fully insured in New York and New Jersey, and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from Arthur Idala. Call today and ask for Harry Lynch for personalized service second to none. Call 718-650-5649 for your free estimate. That's 718-650-5649 or go online to Diamondback Ready Mix. That's R-E-D-I-M-I-X dot com. Diamondback Ready Mix is the Defazio Industries company. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. 
students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Thanks, too. Who are we playing here, San Bellino? Color Me Bad from 1991, All for Love. Well, being colored bad right now is uh, Sean Diddy Combs. This is pretty fascinating because... Sean used to be Puff Daddy, and then after he was acquitted of the gun charges years ago where um, my father represented uh, Jennifer Lopez, um, he said he was no longer Puff Daddy. He became P. Diddy. Um, But those of us who are old enough remember him as Puff Daddy. So there's a woman named, well, she goes by Casey, but her name is Cassandra Ventura. So Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, was represented at that trial by um, Ben Brothman, who is like the dean of criminal law in, if not in the country, in the, definitely in the state of New York. He, we did a, Sam Bellino, what was it, a two-hour show with him? Yeah, two, yeah it did, was great. Yeah, right. Very long. He, he, he was, well, he's, I mean, obviously, guy knows how to talk, and uh, he actually just RSVP'd to the Idala Pertune and Cameron's holiday party. He's a good man, a great lawyer. Um, and he represented DSK, um, Dominus, Dominic Strauss-Kahn. The adversary who represented the housekeeper, Dominic Strauss-Kahn, was, was a team of Ken Thompson and Doug Wigdor. Ken Thompson became the Brooklyn DA and sadly passed away at the age of 50 from cancer. And Doug Wigdor has the Wigdor Law Firm. You've heard me speak of it before. Um, so... Brothman's representing P. Diddy and Wigdor's representing Cassandra Ventura. So, and, you know, they're both titans in their specific areas of law. But, uh, it, it, it you know, this is, this is going to be a big one. Uh, basically, Brothman is saying she's been handing Cassandra, the plaintiff has been, um, trying to get money out of P. Diddy to not go forward with this. And he said no. Uh, here, let's see. Diddy's attorney, Ben Brotman, denied the claims in a statement. Uh, Mr. Combs vehemently denies these offenses, these, these offenses and outrageous allegations, these offensive and outrageous allegations. For the past six months, Mr. Combs has been subjected to Ms. Ventura's persistent demand of $30 million under the threat of writing a damaging book about the relationship, which was unequivocally rejected as blatant blackmail. Um, Despite withdrawing her initial threat, Ms. Ventura has now resorted to filing a lawsuit riddled with baseless and outrageous lies aiming to tarnish Mr. Combs' reputation and seeking a payday. However, Casey's lawyer, Doug Wigdor, said Mr. Combs offered Ms. Ventura eight figures to silence her and prevent the filing of this lawsuit. She rejected his efforts. So this is a, a battle of the titans. We will be, I mean, this is, this came out two hours ago. Um, we will hear about less than two hours ago. We will hear about, um, 
this case uh, for a while. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see yet where it was filed, but I'm assuming it's a New York case. Um, interesting. Let me tell you something. I mean, it'll be, it'll, this will be a publicity headline grabbing case. Uh, yes, Joan. Okay, so I'm turning it on so you can hear me. So the, the suit was filed in federal district court in Manhattan. Okay. But this is not her only lawsuit, by the way. I don't know if you are aware of that, but she, this is the latest case in a series of assault, sexual assault, civil cases, suits that she's filed recently against prominent men in the music industry. Very interesting. We'll see we, where this goes. We can see who that's going to help. Let's talk about President Trump. He had a major victory today. And I think, um, I think I want to say all Americans had a major victory today um, because President Trump's uh, free speech rights were restored um, by a very prestigious judge, a well-known judge uh, for his intellect. Uh, it's Judge David Friedman. He is on the Appellate Division First Department, meaning they take care of Manhattan and the Bronx. Um, the Appellate Division is the intermediary uh, appellate court, so there's also the Court of Appeals. But Judge Friedman, uh, from the bench, said, yeah, you know this gag order that uh, Judge Ngoran is put down there about, and then fine Trump and his lawyers? Yeah, we're going to put that on the side now. Uh, we're going to lift the gag order so the president can speak about his case, and we're going to um, we're going to like litigate this matter and see where it winds up. What the judge appropriately stated is that although gag orders are handed down, they're often done in criminal cases, and they usually have two reasons for doing so. One is to not intimidate a witness, um, not intimidate someone who could be a vital part of a trial. So that doesn't play a part here because the person who that was being quote unquote targeted was the judge's law secretary. Um, and look, I understand Judge Ngoran stand, you know, trying to protect his law secretary, his law clerk. Um, but so I, I understand where he's coming from because this is that like this is the judge's family and they're attacking his family, so he's trying to protect his family. So I get it. But the gag order obviously was out of, um, was just too heavy. And the other reason is, you know, besides intimidating a witness, why you would put down a gag order is if you're going to influence the jury in an inappropriate way. So, um, we can expect to hear, uh, President Trump, uh, to continue to talk about this case as he's allowed to do. Um, I'm just trying to think of, and if there's any other reasons why you would why you would uh, put down a gag order, let's see. The constitutional protection is at its where the speech in question is core political speech made by the front runner. Your judge judge um, Friedman, as I said, is a very intelligent. He's he's known as being a very good judge, a very a thoughtful judge. So for him to say, hey, you know what, we are not gonna stop anyone especially a guy who's running for the president of the united states talking about his case in a case where number one there's no jury so there's no one to be unduly influenced number two there are no witnesses here there was no accusations that the way he what he was speaking about uh is going to um intimidate or scare off any potential witnesses so that um that's a big victory for, for the president of the United States, uh, but for everybody, because 
you know, the, yesterday my office was involved with the protective order down in um, Georgia. We were uh, we did it virtually, where the prosecutors there wanted to not put in a gag order, but a protective order. Protective orders are typically in like organized crime cases or or um, like gang cases where uh, sometimes they say it's for the lawyer's eyes only. In other words, there's certain things that I'm not even allowed to show my client. I mean, I have plenty of cases with protective orders in them. So that's what they wanted to do here. Mayor Giuliani was quite concerned that it was going to be a gag order, but it turned out not to be a gag order. A protective order means you can see the evidence and you can even talk about the evidence, but you just can't put it back out there. So hypothetically, if we get a bunch of police reports, if the protective order was signed and the judge has not made a ruling yet, I can't upload it on the internet and say to everybody, hey, look, look at what what the police reports look like. We can go on radio, TV, the Idola Power, and say, you know what, I've read the police reports, they are not very strong at all, and we have a very strong case, anything along those lines. But um, whether it be President Trump outside a courthouse or people who I totally disagree with who you know are cheering on Hamas if we lose the right to speak in the America in the United States of America then we've lost a huge piece of the United States of America nobody would agree more with that statement than Alan Dershowitz Justice Scalia on and on um you know Justice Scalia who said you could burn your own American flag he hated that decision but he knew that it was part of the foundation of this country. Alan Dershowitz hates people talking about kill the Jews, F the Jews, gas the Jews, but he knows that that's a beautiful part of this country is that you could make those kinds of statements. All right, we only have a couple of seconds left um, in the end of the end of the show, but we'll come back and I don't know, we'll talk about some something fun on a Thursday night. Maybe I'll tip you off as to what I'm doing tonight. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 The Mission. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 
years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Savar family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. All right, Sambolino, mixing it up. You know, I, I was just talking about freedom of speech, right? And I, I'm seeing this article. More than a hundred. Harvard professors slammed the university's president for bowing to donor pressure and condemning anti-Semitism. Could you, did you hear what I just said? They're upset because she's condemning the president of Harvard, finally, after getting a bunch of pressure, is condemning anti-Semitism. And a hundred Harvard professors are mad that she's condemning anti-Semitism. Quote, as Harvard faculty, we have been astonished by the pressure from donors, alumni, and even some of this campus on this campus to silence faculty, students, and staff critical of the actions of the state of Israel. It is important to acknowledge the patronizing tone and format of much of the criticism you have received, as well as the outright racism contained in some of it. The letter went on to urge university officials to affirm its commitment to the freedom of thought inquiry and expression in light of the extraordinary pressure being brought to bear upon critics of the state of Israel and advocates of the Palestinian people. So you have a hundred university presidents, I'm sorry, the hundred Harvard professors coming down on the president for condemning anti-Semitism. I mean, really? Really? She's not supposed to condemn anti-Semitism. Um, she's a lot. I don't. I don't believe she's stopping anyone from speaking. She's not telling them they can't protest. And but she's allowed to say at Harvard, our policy is uh, anyone who walks around and says kill the Jews, at the Jews, gas the Jews. Yeah, we're against that at Harvard. We, you know, you could say it if you want to sound like a moron. If you want to be a hate-filled person, go for it. If that's what you want to do, if that's how you choose to spend your time and your education here at Harvard or your tenure as a professor at Harvard, but as a policy of Harvard University, we're going to condemn anti-Semitism. Good for the president and of Harvard and horrible for the 100 professors who give the president a hard time for condemning anti-Semitism. Thursday night, I'm going to go have fun with my parents and my sister and the rest of the family, my wife, my children. I'll tell you tomorrow what we did tonight. It was very special. See you tomorrow.
Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.